Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Comic Book Dungeon podcast. Uh, this is Mark coming to you live from the Comic Book Dungeon. And this is Cruz coming to you live from the Comic Book Kitchen again. Nice. I, uh, I heard a, uh, a rumor that there was going to be a return to the uh, uh, Comic Book Wolf Spider Deadly Battle Arena. Uh, there was, and it was kind of planned, but uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, situations arose that uh, did not enable me to revisit the Wolf Spider Arena. But coming soon to a theater near you, uh, we're gonna—I'm gonna be back in there. That is awesome. We'll be back to our baseline, which will be badass. Yep, fighting the deadly eight-legged freaks. Which is actually tie-in <laughs> to today's issue, but uh, we'll come back to that, uh, oh, loyal yeah. listeners. Man, we've seen some fucking crazy downloads from the Halloween episode, and it's fun being on a normal recording schedule so we can talk about shit that happened on an episode that we didn't record like two fucking months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, I finally got through the backlog of, of listening to all the shows uh, this morning on the way to work. Any any thoughts, criticisms, hopes, dreams? Uh, you know what? I still have to say, by far, my favorite one is the uh, Star Trek episode. Yeah, I I haven't re-listened to that now in about a year. I was thinking about doing so. Yeah, I love that episode, and it consistently is getting a bunch of hits. So I think people like it too. Yeah, it was that 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 one was really fun to do. Uh, it was a uh, it was a blast, and uh, <laughs> I had a really good time telling you to eat a bag of dicks. Yes, yeah, so we've revisited that a few times. <laughs> Just uh, a quick bit of Star Trek news. Um, are you tracking anything with the Star Trek Picard? No, uh, I I only know that it's it's out there. That's about it. Well, yeah, it's it should be coming early 2020, and it man, it makes me nervous. I, uh, as I've been telling everybody who will listen, um, my what gets me through my life in this world are the Star Trek novels, and uh, I know that there's a Picard prequel novel coming out. I think next year, the a next gen that's in like their continued shared universe novel came out within this last few weeks, and I've uh, been trying to savor it, take it slow, and enjoying it. And it definitely feels like it's building to an end. And I've noticed that there's not another next-gen novel on the publishing schedule for next year, so I'm a little bit nervous. This might be it for this universe. Aww. I, I just I can't live in that world, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I understand the sadness of watching an entire expanded universe just die. Yeah, I, I saw what happened with the Star Wars universe, and again, that makes me real nervous. <laughs> I well, you know, Disney hasn't bought CBS yet, so you should be all right, right? I I'm hoping Star Trek will because it's not because if you've noticed, they've never done a Calvin timeline of books, and it wasn't because they didn't want to. They commissioned them, and they were like several authors wrote them like ten years ago, like a bunch of them, and they never came out just because of licensing issues between like CBS and Paramount and like the 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 the. The, uh, I think it's Simon and Schuster, but they it looks like that's been fixed. So these books that have been written years ago are going to be coming out. So I mean, if you have 
original series books and then Kelvin Universe books, why couldn't there be Picard Universe books and this other expanded universe? I mean, that's something that Star Wars had never tied into was multiple universes, and Star Trek has done that, you know, since almost the beginning with the uh, Mirror Universe and now with the Kelvinverse. Yeah, that's true. Star Star Trek does tend to uh, to play with the multiverse theory a bit. They even made a Star Trek Online book series. I think there's only one, and it's uh, it, it, it. I know you played a little bit in that world. It's a little bit interesting. It's kind of like a, a a background about how you got to Star Trek Online, and it's it's supposed to be written by Jake Sisko. It's kind of interesting. Oh. It's like him doing a series of interviews with. Uh, like a bunch of famous people in that universe. Some we know, some we don't. But yeah, it's kind of fun. Awesome. Um, what have you been reading? Uh, what I have been reading? Um, other than uh, the book we're going to cover today, uh, the only thing I've been reading are class notes on getting my... Oh, God, what is it called? California Water Distribution Systems Operator Certification. So, yeah. Does that have an acronym? Because that's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, that that's about all the reading I've been doing. That and running around like a freaking chicken with its head cut off and trying to catch cat and yeah basically my lunch breaks either consist of uh doing the coursework for that uh remote playing destiny 2 and <laughs> and uh reading uh reading this here book okay um i've been reading more marvel uh that's taking a back seat this week uh, as i've been uh trying to steal some moments away for uh star trek and uh been Really obsessively playing a lot of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. It's trying to get Thanos unlocked. Um, actually, it's a recommendation from a different podcast, the Indie Comic Book Noise podcast. I downloaded uh, the Stumptown uh, first volume today. I believe there's a show on, I think, Amazon or something based off of it. But uh, it didn't really interest me when I, I looked at the comic like a year or so ago. But yeah, it, it's come highly recommended and... Uh, where kind of like Marvel Unlimited, similar but different, Comixology has a thing where you pay like five bucks a month and you get discounts or you can just what they call borrow books. And I tried that out a couple months ago and I've been digging at how much stuff I want to go back and reread or that I just wanted to sample and you can get for free. So I'm uh, excited to give that a, uh, a read and I'm really loving that Star Trek book. It's uh, collateral damage and it's they've been building to this conclusion for a while where Picard had to go back to Earth to stand, uh, it's like a preliminary court-martial for events that happened in a book that was published, like, way back in, like, 2003, and, Mm. uh, like, the whole Section 31 thing has been exposed, and there was a decision that a bunch of admirals made that Picard was in on, and it was arguably a bad decision, but the best of their of all their options and now he has to kind of pay the uh the toll for that so it's kind of exciting uh sucks to be him on that one huh oh yeah well he he had a good run but we'll well they've already said in a previous book that even if he makes it out of this 
uh, he can forget about ever being promoted again. He's he's done. There's like a formal black mark in his record. It's uh, he'll be captain forever. But uh, I don't know. I I I would be interested to see a, what would happen, say, in a series if they explored Picard in a different role. And Worf is his first officer, and they've been uh, throwing the the captain's seat in it, and we'll see if that sticks. And Riker's an admiral, and he got his own ship. He married Troy. It's a whole different universe, like man. Like he's married to Troy, and they have a daughter named Tasha. And uh, Picard is married to Crusher, and they have a son named Rene. Huh? Yeah, it's shit you you wouldn't necessarily think from the show, but uh, yeah, it's uh, just the Borg aren't a threat anymore. There's this big political alliance called the Typhon Pact. There's there's a whole bunch of shit that it's uh, that they've gone past the shows. Like Voyager joined a fleet of quantum slipstream-enabled starships and went back to the Delta Quadrant to kind of explore and tie up loose ends. And uh, Strangely enough, there's a little bit of romance there, too, that uh, Janeway and Chakotay ended up together. Oh, really? Yeah, Chakotay, he was dating Seven of Nine for a while, and she's, he's, she's actually dating their kind of... Uh, asshole uh counselor on board voyager he's kind of a a fun character (laughs) uh but yeah not to not to get too down in the the weeds but yeah i uh again i i I love the trek stuff um i need to go back and finish there's a star trek series where comic book series that came out like last year where the q and all these other like q like beings have a contest and each one of them grabs like a different star trek like starfleet crew so you have the original C- series, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and Next Gen, all kind of like that. They mix up the crews, and they all have to compete against each other. <laughs> what kind of threw me is uh, Worf from being back on the Enterprise E uh, gets put on a team with Judd Zia like a year before she died, and they didn't like even mention the fact like, wow. This is kind of, like, weird. I'm on a team with my dead wife. You know, they didn't touch on that at all. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of fun. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I could talk about Star Trek all day, so I'll uh, digress. Anything else going on? Nope. That's, that's it. They are... Uh, this is, that's it. There's nothing else, much else going on. It's all quiet on the home front for now. Um. Oh. I think it's still going on. I hope it is, because I, uh, I need to throw my money in. Uh, Friends of the show, the three wise men, are uh, they should be crowdfunding uh, their third book of Motor City Mo. So I know we've done a couple shows with the th- three wise men. Like I said, big friends of the show. Uh, we've liked their work so far. So uh, go to Kickstarter and uh, throw some money in for Motor City Mo if you, uh, if you like what you've heard and you've liked the, sh- uh, the comic. Yeah, I still need to get the second book. <laughs> yeah, I've got the uh, the digital. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll just go that route. Yeah, I, I'm reminded because I have a Motor City Mo poster <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> so I definitely... Um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see what uh, what happens with uh, the character. Yeah. Big, uh, big fan. Yeah... Yeah, I, I have a koozie every time I open up a drawer in my kitchen that reminds me. 
guess there's no avoiding it. There's no escaping it. Uh, you guys came here for the main event, and let's get to it, because we are almost out of uh, Kill Raven Adventures. So let's jump in the one that we have right now. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, how are you liking the cover on this one? The the cover? I I like the cover a lot. It makes me laugh as well, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I do like it. One phrase. Jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely the most problematic part of the cover, but it's definitely not a bad cover. I think it can be awesome and unintentionally hilarious at the same time, and I think that it's just pulled that off pretty well. But, yes. Uh, yes. Is, uh, the, the, the jazz hands, man. Yeah. I just – just it just seems happy with his – what's his name? Freaking uh, – oh, what is that douchebag's name? Old and Skull? Go, no, not Old Skull. War? War, yeah. Which, War, who who is who you would think is going to be the antagonist for this uh, book, uh, is is a striking uh, arachnid themed villain. Why is he with, named War? I don't know. He was a conceptual mess when you get to like what his attributes are, but he has these giant spiders, and they don't call him the arachnid or uh, Spider Man. <laughs> spider gladiator but uh just to get to some just just before we go too far in this is amazing adventures featuring war of the world starring kill raven this is issue 37 this is the july 1976 issue still only 25 cents is our cover price <laughs> and at last the startling origin of the man called old skull is promised to us on the cover you dare not miss Dot, 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 arena kill. That makes absolutely no fucking sense. <laughs> it makes as much sense as, as as this rather flamboyant freaking villain with his jazz hands. What is going on with his costume? Man, it... uh, you know, it looks like, it looks like, it, it looks like Power Girl's costume. <laughs> yeah, a little bit with the... <laughs> Okay, just to give some context here, there's a giant spider that unexpected, unexplicably just has fangs shooting. It's like he needed braces. There's yes. one sticking out straight. Anyway, the braces needing spider is trying to eat Kill Raven, while Old Skull is running up on War, who's giving the jazz hands. So yeah, and Kill Raven decides to confuse said spider by contorting himself in the most improbable of poses. Yeah, it looks like he's trying to get his sword in there, but he's, it's like he's purposely getting his feet in the way. I don't – it's anatomically weird, but then just yeah. War's costume. So he's got green furry boots, an orange costume that has like a – I think it's supposed to be a spider, but then the uh, – I think this might just even be a coloring mistake because I don't remember that from being in the, in the, the, the issue. The abdomen, like the thorax of the spider – it's flesh colored, so he has just this big exposed circle like Power Girl on his chest. Then he has green like wristbands, and he has a brown cowl that has two like spider legs coming off of it. Uh huh. I and mean, he's yeah, he's got the. It, it looks like you know like a, 
a, a 1950s greaser spider that decided to slick its legs back. <laughs> he he could easily also be Cockroach Man with his costume, but you know if yeah. if I could like fucking talk to dolphins and dolphins did my my bidding, I would not dress up as a fucking dolphin. I mean, you're you're an adult. <laughs> I mean, one is if you're a gladiator, which we learn he is, you're gonna have all that shit sticking out for people to grab and get like holds on you. I mean, this is just this is this is this is ridiculous. It is. It is. Uh, it is such a ridiculous costume, and his posing is so ridiculous. Kill Raven's pose. The only one that's posed in a way that looks like he's trying to get some work done is Old Skull, <laughs> who. I just, I don't know why his his facial expression kind of cracks me up there, but I mean we're we're really ragging on this cover, and it is it is unintentionally funny, but I mean if I I've been waiting to get to this issue because it is such a ridiculous cover, I was so excited to see what the inside of this issue was. Yeah, yeah, old skull's got some got some shit going on too. <laughs> once 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 you look a little closer, old skull has a complicated internal life that we knew nothing about. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes, he does. The origin of Old Skull is a, is a sad, sad tale. So let's uh, let's pop this one open, and let's get to the uh, credits here. Don mm-hmm. McGregor is the writer. Craig Russell is the artist. Jack Abel is the inker. Irv Watanabe and Petra Goldberg are the letter, letterer and colorist, respectively. And Marv Wolfman is our esteemed editor. Oh! <laughs> I can't remember what episode it was. You did that, and I just put a bunch of reverb, and I slowed it down, and I just put that at the end <laughs> of the episode. I, I think it was, um, oh gosh. It, it might have been the, the Marvel team-up one. No, it was the one before it. I think it was the one before it. We, we open up. Uh, and again, as we've opened up the last several, we get a date and time stamp. Okay. I am going to do the map. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is a point in this book where I laughed out loud. I know exactly which part you're talking about. Um, and if you remember back and for, for the listeners, it's only been like a, a month since they gotten some kill Raven. But I mean, for us, I don't know if you realize this. We haven't read uh, we haven't read a Kill Raven book since uh, December of last year. Yeah, it's been a minute, but uh, it, it it all came rushing back. That's for sure. The last issue we read, where they uh, they uh, they took out the Martians and like the fake Martian landscape, that was in Georgia as well, December twenty twenty. This issue is the. So no, it was December 2019. Now it's January 2020. Oh. Uh, it's, it's, oh, wait, hold on. This, there's a typo. You're, there's a typo here because the last one is Windsor Forest, Georgia, December 2019. And they said New Year's Eve 2020. They must have meant New Year's Day. Yeah. Oh. We're going to have to come up with a no prize to, uh, explanation for that. Anyway. Well, so this is the Swanani River uh, Ofenoki National Wildlife Refuge, which is in Georgia. It's New Year's Day, 2020. Yep, and our merry band of freemen 
apparently are deci- have decided to uh, engage in some uh, calisthenics with uh, the locals. Yeah, I, I like when comics do this, where we open like the opening scene is we're in this like a band, this wildlife reserve, and there's these people living there, and their leader is trying to kill Kill Raven. So we get some exposition along the way that explains why, but I like when a, uh, a story like this just kind of drops you in and, and uh, catches you up instead of having to front load it with exactly how they got there. Right, yeah. And uh, uh, this this guy uh, is, uh, what's his name? Brother his Axe. Name? Brother Axe. Yeah, you know, I at first when I first read it, I thought that he didn't, he had named his Axe Brother Axe. That is what I thought as well. You know, I mean, maybe he was really fond of this axe, and he felt a kinship with it. And he decided to start calling it brother, and it got formalized into brother axe. Maybe that's he, just he, why they call him brother axe. Yeah, well, maybe he's got brother shovel. Where's <laughs> brother pitchfork at? There's sister pickaxe. <laughs> They've got a midget they called brother a trenching tool. Um, brother brother e tool. Did you? How did you imagine this guy talking? You know, I almost imagined him with a British accent. Really? Because I had a firm foghorn leghorn vibe going on. <laughs> you claim to be some mythical warrior of Vagabond Tramp. Then if you are this kill raven, I say, I say, I say, your legend has been exaggerated, sir. <laughs> I mean, it's Georgia. I mean, he, he he's... If Colonel Sanders went into battle, he'd be wearing this uniform that this guy has. Like Fair the huge epilepsy, and yet <laughs> I don't know where he got it from, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, those are actually the scrub brushes from when they were cleaning out the exhibits. They're big enough to be. <laughs> so uh, we open up, and Kill Raven and this guy, uh, Brother Axe, are trying to kill each other, and. Let's go down to page two. Um, Kill Raven uh, is really it, he's trying to talk the situation out with uh, Brother Axe as much as he he's trying to fight him, and really th- th- this seems to be an unnecessary fight. The freemen have been wandering the swamps for the last three days. They come across these individuals, and out of nowhere, this guy is challenging Kill Raven. And uh, to a duel to the death, and Kill Raven's just just trying, just begging for some sort of sanity here. That even complimenting the guy, he's like, "You're really good with a weapon, and you seem to be a good leader." But I don't see why we have to fight. You know, I'm not trying to take anything from you. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I guess uh, his reputation has preceded him. And uh, well, I mean, what would you what would you do if you were like? the leader of a little freaking enclave that managed to stay out of the whole Martian war for the most part. And this guy who, whose legend includes death and destruction everywhere he goes, waltzes into your territory. I'm not sure that he's heard of kill Raven. He, he, he says that he hasn't, but that could have been him trying to, uh, you know, downplay the legend that is kill Raven. But, I mean, he says that they've had issues with people trying to come in and, you know, take what's theirs, take their land, uh, drive them off. So, I mean, we've 
that's that's always a thing in a post-apocalyptic wasteland we've seen in fiction that you're going to have scavengers or people trying to if they see somebody has like a good setup let's just kill them and take what's theirs to survive so it makes sense that yeah. uh, uh, he would be suspicious. But this was a guy who, it, it, it seems, the scene that we, st- we we walk in on, where Killraven is just, again, he's like, if you want to fight, I'll do this with you, but it's really unnecessary. I'm just asking for some hospitality. And, I mean, I even see that you're a good leader and a good with your your axe. There's no reason for this, but if you want to go, you know, I'll, 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 I'll take you. Right, yeah. So, yeah, you know, he turns the tables, knocks him down, and gives him the the choice. You know, we can eat like civil people, or I can pretty much spill your blood. Yeah, like he puts the tip of his sword right on the guy's head. Yeah, like right on his forehead. Like he's just going to lobotomize him right then and there. I also meant to mention this at the beginning. I'm just going to go back just a, a a little bit. So this is New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, 2020. Do you remember we had an issue that took place on New Year's Eve 20, uh, 2018? So it, they were in Washington, D.C. with Mint Julep after they had rescued oh, yeah. Yeah, Kill Raven from the... So it took them a year to go from Washington, D.C. to Chicago to Georgia. That serpent a... stallion, yeah, needs, uh, needs to move a little faster. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've... they've, they've meandered yeah like i keep saying you know they've done the bugs bunny freaking map across the u.s <laughs> that is what i think they're they're doing um so kill raven gives them the choice to, to fight to talk and eat like civilized individuals or to fight it out which it's not gonna be much of a fight because kill raven's already got the advantage then we see two of these guys uh warriors they're brothers who finish each other's sentences kind of like tomax and zaymont from gi joe but unfortunately, they're named uh, Huey and Louie. Uh, very, yes. very cartoony. Oh yeah, very Disney-ish. Yes, <laughs> and they're they're threatening that they're going to dispatch the rest of the Freemen, which prompts Old Skull uh, to go up, and he knocks their heads together and knocks them unconscious. Yep, old school. He's at it again, knocking heads. And once again, you know, it's it's a staple for Kill Raven book, blunt head trauma. Oh, there was a scene where he catches somebody from behind, and I'm like, that must be so validating for Kill Raven. <laughs> so, you know, that's his weak, his weak spot. But I mean, I, I'm honestly surprised we didn't get like a zoink on a monopia because of how cartoony this issue ends up turning out. And there's some real bad onomatopoeia playing here, but they oh. resisted here. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so, you know, Mishula and Karm are there, and uh, they're they're watching over as they see some reinforcements coming behind Old Skull. Yep. And they waylay them, ambush them, and uh, pretty much put a halt to that shit right then and there. Yeah, we get some commentary from them that they can't believe they've been traveling for a year, and they think that spending the last night sleeping in the marsh is what's uh, chilled uh, Kill Raven's usual happiness and light personality, which they laugh at that because he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, I mean, it, I, there are parts of this book that are almost like Deadpool-y fourth wall breaking. Yes. <laughs> self referential 
Renshaw. <laughs> they did that last issue too, if you remember, where Mashula, like he asked Mashula where he keeps getting that like alcohol, and he's like, "I could keep asking you where you get those throwing stars." True. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's a lot of buffoonery in this issue, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, yeah, kill or Mashula is holding off uh, these guys with his crossbow, and man, we get a wicked left hook. On one of these guys from uh, from Camilla Frost, she puts him down for the count. Oh yeah, she she's having none of this bullshit. Um, we cut to the inside of this wildlife refuge where Killraven has hashed out his differences with um, uh, Brother Axe, and Brother Axe is uh, he's actually he's pretty grateful that you know he, he apologizes to Killraven. He's like, I, you know, I acted hastily. You know, we've lived here uh, in isolation. You know, the Martians didn't hit this area because of how impenetrable it is. And we've had problems with people coming, you know, coming in and trying to attack us. But yeah, I apologize. And it's Killraven really, I mean, this is more like the Killraven we saw with the psychotic Spider-Man uh, yes, in Marvel Team-Up. Yes. I mean, he's definitely, he, if this was four issues ago... I mean, he would have beat and embarrassed this guy and just been a complete tool about it and then been an ass to Camilla for no reason. And this guy, he he appreciates, he even says, I appreciate your tact. You could have made me look weak in front of my, my soldiers and you gave me an out. You didn't need to do that. And uh, I like that kill. There's, Camilla Frost is drawn almost like her face looks almost like a sex doll there. Just how yes. weird and anime the eyes are. But yeah, she's... She kind of laughs. She's like, "That's the first person anybody has ever uh, accused of uh, accused Kill Raven of having tact." Yeah, she she reminded me of the old like Veronica from the old Archie comics, the way that she was drawn. That that is a good comparison. Yeah. Well, yeah. So after after her quip, uh, old Skull uh, comes on in with uh, some of uh, Brother Axe's boys with uh, with quite the spread. Yeah, he comes in with uh, Huey and Louie. Yep, and dishes him up on a hell of a meal. And everyone sits down at this big, long table, and they're, you know, breaking bread and supping with one another and having a, a grand old time, which is probably the first civilized meal these poor bastards had had in a couple of years. Yeah, for a while. And we learned that Old Skull was in the kitchen supervising, and he, he brings out some sort of mystery quilted-looking meat. Yeah, I don't even want to guess what that was. But he he has a little friend with him too. Yeah, I want to believe that this is a undercover rocket raccoon. Yeah, possibly. You know, maybe this is just a Marvel team up that wasn't advertised as such. Groot is one of those trees in the background. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. this is just to put this in perspective. Because uh, I there was definitely Groot by this time. I'd have to double check the first appearance of Rocket. Uh, but I mean, this, this is way before those two ever met. Yeah. So they bring out the food and they're kind of laughing at Old Skull, how he can pack it away. And Old Skull sees the raccoon eyeballing him. So he starts feeding the raccoon. Yeah. Cause you know, we've established Old Skull has a soft spot for furry critters. When they're all digging in their food, we get some onomatopoeia of Old Skull eating and a surprised look on Kill Raven's face of just how, just, just the sounds it's making. And we get a crunch, a crack, and a zlup. Z-L-U-P exclamation point. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's the sound it makes as you eat, you know, slup. You've never slept before? I have never slept before. Oh, uh, you haven't lived until you've slept. <laughs> so, uh, Killraven, he's asking, he, uh, Brother Axe, he's like, I know we, you, you've given us some food. Uh, we'd like some uh, uh, additional help if you can give it. We need directions that are heading towards Yellowstone. At least they, this is, this is, I like, they at least realize they have no idea where they're going, that they're completely lost. And he's like, we, we hit this place, uh, Death Birth, which they'd heard rumors about. And um, Camilla says that, you know, we destroyed it. But since then, we've, uh, you know, we've, we've been uh, hopelessly off course, which Killraven gets a little bit of a jibe in there. Treasure this moment, Brother Axe. It's not often that uh, Miss Frost admits that she made a mistake. Oh, so he's blaming her for the bad navigation. So I don't understand how... Are you telling me they didn't pass a library that had, like, you know, an atlas of the United States or, a, like, a burned-out gas station that had some maps or something? There's no way. Are you telling me that everything... I, I, I guess you could say that maybe by this point in their world, everything was digital, so there were no paper books or maps, and that's why they can't find it. But I find that very hard to believe. Right. Like a placemat at a Denny's has a United States fucking map on it. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, Old Skull, I don't want, I don't know, I don't want to know what he did to that food. I like that Brother Axe, while he's eating, just keeps his axe on the table. Yep, he just slaps it on down. Probably uses it to cut his meat. I think there's probably easier ways to do that, but hey, if it works for him. <laughs> we we get, uh, this is definitely a guy that Killraven can relate to, because uh, they they sponge back and forth about, you know, if the people are you know, growing apathetic to the Martians, because he's very impressed that four, that these four have done as much damage as they have to the Martians, and he fears that the people are growing apathetic, which is a running theme in their conversation. Yeah. Oh, there there was one little little comment uh, made a little earlier. Yeah. About how uh, how Miss Frost manages to keep track of the time. Oh yes. Kilray, yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't want to know, and he uh, he he's afraid he wouldn't understand the answer. He, he sounds very Trumpian, right there. Also, this is a really weird line. Camille informs us that a new year arrives. Let us celebrate it not with apathy, for we, for then why should we fight for freedom? It would become a useless luxury. Yeah, that, 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 it, it doesn't it, flow very well, and I, I think it's it, he was they were trying to make him sound profound, but I mean it's really a meaningless statement. Pretty much. Yeah, I a couple times in this issue, I found that hit when they they he put on philosopher philosopher hat, Kill Raven. It just was. It felt rushed, and it just it didn't it didn't ring true. But anyway, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so it, 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 this is very cartoony. Kill Raven starts to flash back to the first time he fought uh, with Old Skull on his side back in the arena at Mars, Madison Square Gardens, and uh, insert record scratch here. And th- this is the joke throughout the whole issue. <laughs> Where Kill Ray or er, Old Skull keeps interrupting him to tell him this is yeah this is the most assertive we've seen Old Skull yes ever. this is why I'm glad he doesn't talk often because he was very annoying with his how he speaks in this issue 
but yeah, he he tells Killraven he hates to interrupt, but you have to tell the story correctly. You have to start at the beginning, not the middle. So, uh, and I agree with Hill, uh, Killraven here. Old friend, they don't want to hear a history lesson, but that's what we're going to get. So we flash back to a young old skull. Let's get the flashback yeah. going. Bald. Yeah. So I did not see that coming, that eight-year-old uh, old skull was going to be bald as well. Well, at least he didn't have a mustache. This is true. He did not have the uh, Dr. Mindbender uh mustache yeah so basically uh gist of it is flashing back to eight-year-old old skull who is being taunted by his classmates at school and calling him numb skull yep this, this was way back in 1997 i remember 1997 i do as well uh yeah jeez i think i was actually in the military at that point I was in high school. Yeah, I was a newly graduated '95, so yeah, I was in my second year. Oh, <sighs> memories. These these aren't even good taunts, but yeah, these kids are all kind of circling. Uh, old skull calling him numb skull. Look at the bald headed numb skull. You can't feel a numb brain, which is a ridiculous thing to say. So old skull yeah. remembers back to school and. Says it's they're the buildings where they train you how to think. I love these parting shots that the children give before they go back into school after taunting on the playground. But yeah, he can't feel anything inside that bald head. How can he? He's got less brains than he's got hair. Can you feel yeah. anything inside your skull, kids? Because I, I don't think that you can. <laughs> He'll show them. He'll grow facial hair. Ha <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. So, while he's telling the story, he's getting quite friendly with his raccoon. You know, and, uh, okay, so flashing back to the previous page, did I ever send you pictures of, uh, of, of, of my rocket yes. at the prison? That is the exact same pose he had almost. Really? That's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's acting, you know what, I, I will give credit to uh, whoever the uh, artist was. Yeah. Uh, they they got the uh, anatomy and the posing of the raccoon pretty spot on. Yeah, raccoons are neat how they grab things with their hands. Oh, yeah. So, at first, because he's, the raccoon's on his arm, and then, like, uh, Old Skull's holding him, and then he's petting him. It almost looks like he fucking, he, he's, he put his head in the class. <laughs> like, is he, <laughs> is he, like, uh, inadvertently drowning that raccoon to give, uh, while he's, uh, giving him a drink? But no, it's the raccoon's very curious about the wine, and he sticks his head in there. Oh, yeah. He's a little lush, that little raccoon. So we, uh, we flash back to Old Skull. Or, Younger Skull. Y- young Skull. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Y- Young Skull, his dad grew up on a ranch, and his dad is dressed like the Marlboro Man. Exactly. <laughs> and apparently, you know, it's uh, ranches are pretty much a dying, uh, a dying industry, and uh, I guess their their herd has been thinning out over time, and they've been pinched for land. And yeah, Old Skull's dad seems to uh, lament this in a rather assholey way. His dad seems like a dick. But yeah, we get uh, in this one word balloon. Uh, he just he talks about that they're being squeezed out. 
with these hydroponics people making food out of chemicals and good grazing land is scarce. So yeah, I mean we're we're kind of there now. That's the we're at the infancy infancy of that with the uh, soy burgers and now the uh, Impossible Burger. That I mean, because that's the goal one day. I gotta try one of those one of these days. Yeah, Ashley makes fun of me. I don't know if this has ever come up on the show before, but I'm a vegetarian and I've had the Impossible Burger a few times, and it tastes for me too much like meat. You know, I haven't eaten meat in like 15 years. I've grown kind of used to like a black bean burger or like the soy like a burger and how they taste. So yeah, right. I don't, I don't like, I just, it, I just don't really like that taste, that meaty taste. So my wife, who eats a lot of meat, makes fun of me. <laughs> yeah, she'll get hers. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, his dad calls him a numbskull as well. And we also learn, I think we uh, we we or I breezed over it that uh, old skull says, and the kids they called old skull. He ain't gonna forget this word. They called old skull retarded. That was a bad word. And the cartooniness of this issue is not the the issue to be talking about the struggles of him being a retarded child. You know, right? It just it did not seem like the most sensitive way to handle that topic. But uh, well, I'm sure it was sensitive for 1976. Yeah. So we learn that old skull he has it rough around the uh, the ranch because his dad's stressed out that the farm's dying and he, his dad keeps calling him a numb skull as well. Slaps him there. But there's this uh, calf that was sick and old skull nursed it back to health and it's the only thing in old skull's life that uh hasn't made fun of him because we never get an answer of what happened to old skull's mom i assume she uh she's dead yeah his dad is not it doesn't care that uh old skull is friends with this uh this calf and he's going to go out to the pasture and he's going to get killed with the rest of the cows so old skull cries himself to sleep that night hugging this little cow which was very sad it, it was this you can definitely tell they have a bond him and this uh this sickly calf like he you can tell as he's hugging the calf like the calf is feels a bond with a young skull so i I felt bad yeah yeah and cuts the next morning and sure enough calf's gone and they're doing uh the last drive well yeah this is actually this is four years later this is 2001 Shit. Yep. So Old Skull's a little bit older, and the farm has, or the ranch hasn't been doing any better. And so, yeah, this is their last, uh, like, cattle drive. They're putting them on these, like, clear trains that's going to transport them, I guess, to the slaughterhouse. And, yeah, they're riding. If you imagine one of the, like, uh, the, like the artificial bulls that people ride in bars and whatnot, <laughs> if that was, like, a hover yes. bike, that's exactly <clears throat> what they're riding. It even has, like, these horns in front that I guess you steer with. And the one on his dad, the one horn is deformed on, like, his, like, little right handlebar. I can't believe yeah. that. <laughs> he might have laid it down. They're, uh, they're riding him, and when his dad goes to, to, to land, we get this nice onomatopoeia. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop as the thing lands. It's a little bizarre, almost like hoof prints. Or hoof <laughs> uh, 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 onomatopoeia. No, no, it's Monty Python quest for the Holy Grail. There's someone behind him with coconuts, coconuts. man. That's what old Skull's doing. He's banging his head against the rock. <laughs> I was just thinking that <laughs> on the side of his... 
device. And there are these uh, hover fake cows are called raw hiders. Right. Oh, I didn't mention that just Old Skull's dad has hair, but he has the same exact facial hair that Old Skull has. So Old Skull definitely modeled his look a little bit off of his dad. (laughs) So him and his farmhands are kind of lamenting that this is the last cattle drive. And his dad is kind of a dick about this. Just, you know, you're not going to, you don't really know what this means. And you don't really appreciate this because you're a numbskull. And Ass. and while this is going on, Kill Raven tries to cut back, and you see him like uh, they're back in their gladiatorial. There's a little panel where they're back in their gladiatorial clothes, and he tries to restart the story back with them about to get in the arena in 2010 at Madison Square Garden. Um, and that is also interspaced with panels of the raccoon really likes this uh, this wine, and he goes to try to steal Kill Ravens. And Kill Raven catches him and uh, kind of shoos him away. <laughs> yeah. Tells him the wine was not worth the risk. Yeah, so it looks like uh, looks like Rocket there decides to go pay Karm a visit. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kill. So Old Skull goes back to telling the story. They're uh, getting on a transparent uh, tramway to go with the cows, like with the rest, of, like the, to to go with the herd. So I assume so they can get paid uh, yep. for this last batch of cattle. And his dad's a dick here. He just keeps hitting him in the back. You know when you, like you'll slap somebody's back if you're in a sense of camaraderie, and sometimes people will just do that to be a jerk. Like it's it's fake. Um, yeah, yeah. This is definitely his dad doing it in a way to be mean, but like almost like he's it's patronizing. It's I'm taking this gesture that should be one of like you know warmth, and I'm doing it in a mean way. Yeah. Yeah, and he says, "Cheer up, numbskull! This ride ought to make you right happy. It's the last one we'll take." Because yeah, definitely, they don't. I, I get the feeling that old skull here, or young skull, doesn't like that their living is based off of murdering these cows. Uh, especially after Randy was the name of his cow that he felt a kinship for. But his dad says, "One of these days, numbskull, when you want that taste of prime beef on your tongue and you can't have it." then maybe you'll understand what we're losing. But I'm sure, I mean, in their futuristic world of 2001, that they have uh, these chemicals that taste just like a cow. Probably. Probably. But, you know, some people are just set in their ways, and his dad seems to be one of them. His dad actually says some, some nicer stuff here, where he's like, you know what? I have a suspicion that you and me are more uh, alike than I can uh, than I than I'm seeing, and that maybe one day because they go in a tunnel and it's dark. He says we're in the dark, but maybe one day we'll come out of the into the light and see each other. So they come out on the other side of the tunnel, and that's when they see a bunch of tripods. So this was um, the day of the Marshall invasion. What? Boom! 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 Yep. Yep. And said tripods just blast the fuck out of the train. Yeah, they fuck it up. So this was uh, part of the Martians' plan. Any sort of like mass transit system like that, like the trains and the trams, they attacked immediately to destroy that infrastructure. And they just took any survivors and took them prisoner. So Old Skull, he laments that his dad didn't make it. He was killed in the attack, and he never had the chance to say goodbye because he was just instantly taken by the Martians. Yep. He was taken by the Martians and... Put in the uh, arena, apparently. Yeah, so this is where we get to see our first glimpse of war, W-A-R-R, 
where he's dressed in the costume, and I was wrong. It's even, the cutout portion is even bigger on his costume here. Uh, the coloring's a little bit different. It has, yeah. so the, the, the pants are red, and the boots are red with yellow trim, so it's almost like fire. And then the, his, his, his shirt is yellow. And as Killraven says, uh, he has an atomic fire sword. So, I mean, he's stealing uh, volcanic ashes bit a little bit there. And, and he's got his pet spiders. Yeah, I wish we would have gotten an explanation on the spiders. They're just there. There's these giant motorcycle-sized spiders, like tarantulas. And they're, so Killraven and Old Skull are in the middle. Then you, we, they, we see they're surrounded by war and these, uh, these tarantulas. But then if you try to escape, there's these laser beams that will uh, cut you down. Yeah, think of it as like an extreme sumo wrestling match. Yeah, with like a laser disco on top. Exactly. Like if you step out of that ring, you don't just get disqualified, you get discombobulated. Yeah, he also, he has a device on his wrist that shoots webbing that causes pain. So he's like a sadomasochistic Spider-Man. Pretty much with really bad fashion sense. What I like here, though, is when we see Killraven's costume, this is, the yep. ki- this is his costume from the first issue. The yep. wrestling singlet, the thigh-high boots, and nothing else. Yep. Yeah, that's the first thing I noticed. It was a good throwback. And, and you know, whoever, if, if they're the same team, they, they, you know, they made sure to make sure that you know, his costuming was period correct for the setting. <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> so, Kill Raven's excited to tell the uh, the story, but Kill uh, but Old Skull's like, but we have to talk about how we first met. And right before they get into that, Brother Axe realizes that his uh, his wine is gone, which he thought was weird because he thought that uh, uh, it, it, just a second ago had been totally full. And we see a little raccoon tail in the background. <laughs> So, yeah, it cuts back to Mr. Old Skull's flashback here, where uh, he's he's chowing down before his big uh, gladiator match, and two of his quote-unquote fellow gladiators uh, proceed to pretty much bully him like eight-year-old school children. Yeah, I didn't notice this before, because they say he's eating gruel, but he's eating it with chopsticks. That's got to be pretty tedious. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I never noticed. And, man, this is some rough trade sadomasochistic costumes that these guys are wearing. The guys, one of the guys is actually dressed like a gimp. I mean, there's no disguising it. That is a gimp costume. That is a full-on gimp costume. And the other dude looks like he's wearing like a pleasure swing. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Man, we should put these on uh, Twitter or Instagram, these uh, these costumes, because, I mean, these are out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually going to I'm gonna get a screenshot, and I'll edit it down a little <laughs> bit later. And then this third guy, what's, what's up with the third guy? Looks like he's got the shield on his back with the mace. Yep. He's dressed a little bit uh, more like a Roman gladiator, just a little bit more. Except for that, yeah, that choker he's wearing. He, yeah, he's the bondage freaking gladiator. <laughs> I think that's like the the whole team. Like they're just the BDSM like 
a gladiator <laughs> team. Oh, man. Man. So, anyway, Old Skull's excited. He's eating his gruel. He's having a good Old Skull day. And they ask him uh, if that gruel, how does it taste and does it warm his belly? And a very earnest Old Skull says, well, can't warm it. No, it can't. Cause that food's cold. It real. It, it is real, or it really is. Cause he he has to talk like uh, Opie from the Andy Griffith show. So they kick the gruel over onto his lap, and then they pick the bowl off the floor and they dump it on his head, and have a good laugh. And I love this last panel as they're yucking it up. You just see a hand with a morning star uh, on the wrist, just coming and reaching for uh, for the guy. Oh, yeah, and proceeds to just freaking grab him by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, just right from behind. And we just get a ha 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 So, yeah, we, this, is, this is our first introduction here to uh, past Killraven, and he says, your apology lacks sincerity. Yep, and he's just, he's rocking that wrestling singlet like no other. Yeah. And he asked so. if they would like to try their brand of scorn on him. And that's when the uh, other members of the, the rough trade here say, Hold on, Artemis! Which, that is a very strange name for a male gladiator. Because um, Artemis was a, a, a Greek goddess. But yep. uh, it's not spelled the same way, but... Again, it's yeah. just real weird. But, uh... They, so they come rushing in, and... Uh, Kill Raven just uh, kicks uh, kicks their asses. Pretty much, he just sucker kicks that one douchebag. <laughs> yeah, that guy goes flying. So Kill Raven says that you're now Artemis. Tell him that you're sorry that you ever tormented him. He apologizes, and then Kill Raven makes uh, makes him add sir to it. <laughs> Fantastic, and uh, yeah, he pretty much ensures that that Artemis is gonna up the mess he's caused and he'll mind his tongue in the future so it, kill raven asks old skull if that's a fair enough uh promise that uh yeah like you said he'll clean that up and and stay out of his way and we get it uh old skull saying it surely is and this was a weird bit of dialogue from kill raven uh he responds with well we'll face the horrors of the arena together old friend sounds like you just met this dude well you know Maybe this is Kill Raven before he became an emo douche. But why would you call somebody you just met like, "Hey, I just met you. Let's be friends, old friend." I mean, it's a weird. I think that the they got confused here and they didn't realize this was, you know, a uh, part a prequel part of the issue. Yeah, yeah. So Kill Raven uh, introduces himself properly. Yep. Uh, asks her Numbskull's name. Which we never did get his actual name. No, he just says it's not not Numbskull, which Kill Raven. Again, this is a much nicer Kill Raven than we're used to. He says, "Of course not. You have wisdom; these others will never comprehend." So, we'll, how, shall we say, Old Skull? Old Skull loves that. He he's shaking uh, Kill Raven up and down. He's shaking his hand so so hard. <laughs> yeah. Enthusiastically firm handshake, I would say. Yeah. So this is it. Uh, he says that this is where we can finally go to that story that you were wanting to tell Kill Raven, and Kill Raven's all sulky and says he for it he doesn't remember it now. Which, while he's saying that, there's a raccoon on the table bent over drinking alcohol. 
right in front of him, <laughs> right in front of his fucking face, yeah, which will stick a pin in for me to yell about later. He, he's a little despondent. He, he doesn't seem to notice. <laughs> well, he just wanted to tell this quick five-minute story, and, in, and instead we got a 35-minute uh, prequel story about Old Skull. But, I mean, Kill Raven, he's obsessed with the old world and everything we lost. He should have been you know, wrapped with attention about school and... Um, yeah, because, yeah. At, at the beginning, he says he was too young to remember any of that. Yep. So we we flash back to the fight. We see war. And hairy spider legs. Yep. And he says, uh, he tells Killraven, you're new on this cir- uh, the cir- uh, <laughs> You are new on this circuit, Killraven. That's yeah, true, but I'm only traveling this way once, which... War gets a big laugh out of. Unfortunately for you, you are correct. One of us must die, and it will not be war. And that's... Yeah. Man, so while they're dialoguing, a tarantula, one of these giant tarantulas, just jumps on uh, Old Skull. Yep. And uh, another one jumps on Killraven as well. Yeah, but he's pretty handy with that sword and stabs yep. it in the throat. And man, this is brutal here. Fucking old skull grabs that tarantula by its mandibles and just rips like and it looks like he just rips his head just just clean in half. Yep, he's getting on it, and then I guess the tarantula is a little disoriented, shall yeah, we say? Yeah, it wanders off out to the border of the ring and, and yeah. gets skewered by a laser beam. If it's bleeding, it's hurt, and as it's trying to climb away, it gets yeah just just owned by a laser beam. So, Kill Raven and Old Skull are fighting back to back. Yep, they're back to back, and War is just like, uh, nah, we got to give him a performance, and he does this sadomasochistic Spider-Man webbing. Yeah, he he doesn't like Kill Raven because Kill Raven is very independent-minded. Uh, War is uh, the Martian's ultimate gladiator. And he battles for he he, he kind of mocks Killraven here. He says you battle with great enthusiasm, Killraven, and yet you berate me for performing for the Martians. He's very much enjoying a place of status with the Martians, and you can tell it rubs him the wrong way that Killraven looks down on him for that. But like you right. said, he <laughs> now wraps his uh, webbing around, which is just a like a an electro whip around Killraven's leg. Yeah, and if that hits anything like a stun gun, I can tell you that shit hurts. It looks like it hurts, but uh, Kill Raven's able to croak out, "Stay back, old friend!" The, who I met five minutes ago. This fight is between <laughs> him or he and I alone. Oh, right. So you get a whole page of these really, really nice fight panels. I gotta say, I mean, I I always like when they do this, but these seemed a little bit uh wooden to me but yeah they're you gotta like the bottom middle panel that is a as a money shot there of kill raven's ass with his uh his uh one lit which doesn't really cover all yeah but yeah that that atomic sword that he has is awesome it's just like it's made out of atomic flame yeah you would think it would just freaking melt right through kill raven's steel sword but uh Apparently, atomic flame isn't that hot. Yeah, they're so they're dueling, they're dodging, and they get a so he goes to uh, cut Kill Raven's legs, but Kill Raven's able to get his blade in and block it, 
and uh, it's a bit of a precarious situation for Killraven. How's he going to handle it? Uh, Killraven just comes in and just throws the guy 20 feet, and he, he's got his arm out like the Statue of Liberty with his sword out, and he skewers one of the uh, spiders, and it just catches fire and, uh, and dies. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Killraven's a little mad. He's like, I told you, old skull, that fight was between uh, him and I. He says, I know that, but I just wanted to help. Yep. So the uh, war here says, death is the only end that will satisfy the Martians. Come, kill Raven. Perform for the Martians. So this is one time where Kill Raven doesn't finish him off. He lets him live because he will not, because uh, he just wants to frustrate the, uh, the, the Martians. He says, let them gorge themselves on a taste of frustration. Right. And, uh, yeah, at this point, uh, Old Skull's like, yeah, that sounds real pretty, Mr. Killraven. And puts an arm around him and, you know, it flashes forward to the present where Old Skull's slapping KR in the back. Yep. Walk is sound effect. It's almost <laughs> like what his dad did to him. Exactly. It looks just like it's a little callback to that. So, so. Let, let us have a toast that is not epithetic, which is the weirdest toast ever. Uh, that is not apathetic to kill Raven and his free men. And they all raise their glasses and then they all go to drink and they, all their wine is gone. And then you hear Erp and then the raccoon is drunkenly just staggering off. I'd say rocket had a pretty good time. So how do you not notice two feet in front of you, right and directly in your line of vision, a raccoon drinking your drink? <laughs> How do you, I mean, it makes no sense. Uh, well, he caught him the first time. Maybe he let his guard down. I mean, when we see he is drinking his drink, I mean, he literally is, like, Killraven is looking directly at him. I just, this is clearly some Martian experimental raccoon that has some sort of mind-clouding uh, powers. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's got stealth technology. And uh, we get next, the morning after morning, pray. And morning, the first morning is like it, I'm going to go to work in the morning, and the second morning is I'm mourning the fact that I had to go to work. So the morning after morning, pray. And so it's, yes, okay. Proof pray is something that is you know something that is hunted, and it's morning. What is it morning in the morning since it was pray? I uh, I don't know. I. Do you know that the next issue doesn't look like it has anything to do with that title? Well, oh, caught me surprised. I, I mean, it does, but it doesn't come back because if you look at the next t- cover, which I cannot wait to read this one, it's Death's Dark Dreamer. So, I think they were playing with the idea of that you dream at night and then there's the morning after. But uh, uh, maybe you're chased in some sort of nightmare scenario where you're prey and you mourned something you lost in your nightmare in the morning which the, the next one definitely it, it dreams are a theme and like where you're going someplace to experience dreams but we already did that remember in like the sound dome or yeah yeah where old school had a you know the celery so uh the, the squirrels told him to eat the celery. Yes, there was the anthropomorphic squirrels that told him <laughs> it would be okay to eat the anthropomorphic celery. Exactly. So, 
I'm excited to see how, uh, or to really read this, uh, this next issue, but this next one coming up, September's, uh, um, uh, issue 38 is our second to last issue. Oh no, it's the end of days. Yeah, that's so weird that they ended on an issue 39, they, they wouldn't even let them get to like a whole number. You don't right? usually cancel like on a 37, you do it on a 5 or a 10. <laughs> so, uh, what'd you think? Uh, like I said, is this one, you know, I could quibble about the freaking flashback story and, you know, Old Skull's kind of chintzy origin story, you know, and his little history lesson. But I, 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 I took this one more as a, uh, a, a, a lighthearted intermission before the climax of the, of, of the overarching narrative. So I, I actually had a little bit of fun with this one. Yeah, you know, the raccoon was entertaining. Old Skull constantly interrupting Killraven was entertaining. The uh, self-referential uh, "We've been wandering for a long time" was pretty funny. <laughs> I uh, I like that at least Old Skull got an origin story, a flashback, without dying at the end of it, like Hawk. True. True. <laughs> ah. So yeah, I'm excited to uh, we we took our little break and now I'm fine like our little hiatus and I'm glad that we're back and we're finishing this out. We're finishing strong. That's it. So two more to go, huh? Yeah, we've man, this is going to be an exciting end to 2019. We've yeah. got we're finishing Kill Raven. Uh, we'll be starting Star Trek, and uh, we'll, we should have uh, some time in there for a Punisher story as well. Punisher and definitely. Uh, there's been some conversations this week about a potential uh, guest and guests who will be coming to the podcast December and then probably early next year. So that will be exciting. Woo-woo. So it, tell us what you guys think. And again, you guys now have the ability to read these stories because uh, the amazing uh, adventures are on a Marvel Unlimited you can just find them under Amazing Adventures, the title, or just look up uh, the, killer, the character Killraven. But yeah, the entire uh, run is right there, so you can read along with us. Yeah, so you can see all the jazz handy references we're making. <laughs> <laughs> I, would love, I would love if uh, some of you listeners read the issue and told us what you thought of it and told us if... Uh, Cruz was a little bit more forgiving than I was. I just it seemed a little bit too cartoony, and like like you said, it was it was like She Hulk or Deadpool. They they were if they didn't break the fourth wall, they definitely bent it a little bit. I mean, I did yeah. like that they shined a spotlight on the we're really sucking at the directions, but the the cartooniness of Huey and Louie and the raccoon was this this rubbed me the wrong way. Um, you can't have an an issue where the your uh, your antagonists are eating babies, and then five issues later have an anthropomorphic raccoon like drinking alcohol. You just you can't. I guess it wasn't anthropomorphic, but it no, it wasn't anthropomorphic. No. He was just a raccoon that liked booze. And then there was the the cartoony Huey and Louie. I don't know. I just I like that Kill Raven is a little bit more likable now. He's a little bit more thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was refreshing. I, I got tired of douchebag Kill Raven. Uh, he was a he was a dick. It was he, very much uh, for most of these issues we've sided with Mashula and uh, uh, Carmela uh, Frost. Yeah, um, yeah. 
they've been they've been voices of damn near level headed reason throughout this whole thing while Killraven's just been this absolute freaking emo douchebag. My theory is he's been taking steroids and then like halfway through the journey he ran out, so his like testosterone and hormone levels have bounced out, and that's why he's just not raging all the time. Well, valid. You know, maybe he wasn't taking maybe he was force fed them as a gladiator. <laughs> He'd go to sleep yeah. at night and old skull would slip him some uh That that's what was in the gruel. <laughs> An orally administered steroid. Uh, where can we find you, Cruz? Oh, you can find me on the Instagrams. I have actually posted new stuff on the Instagrams. Fuck yeah! So yes, I, I made I made a, a, a joking reference to uh, how you sometimes drop some some pretty deep comic knowledge. Yeah, I uh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> it's not a waste. <laughs> Pursuit of something you enjoy is never a waste. Yeah, my wife would probably disagree with you. But yeah, no. so would <laughs> so <laughs> find you. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter, Broken LMD, uh, which is like Broken Life Model Decoy. Uh, and you can email both of us at comicbookdungeonpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcatching device you use. And don't be afraid to uh, tell a friend. And, again, email us if you've got questions, comments. There's a bunch of listener co- uh, questions we've asked over these, uh, these episodes. Just because it's from episode two, don't be afraid to weigh in on it. And as always, I mean, just touch base with us. We always tell you guys what we're watching, what we're reading. Tell us what comic book stuff you're watching or reading or enjoying. Yes, please do. Uh, And uh, as uh, I always like to say, just keep turning them pages. Yeah, and I just want to say, you're not not a numbskull, listeners. Listen to Mr. Killraven, old friend. You're, shall we say, old skull? Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night.
a free movie. Thanks. Out of my way, jerkass.